Hey, what's up, guys? This is Box Office Brunch. We're your hosts. I'm David. And I'm Rita. And today we're talking about... I forgot for a second. <laughs> the Black Phone versus The Silence of the Lambs. Mm-hmm. So The Silence of the Lambs won last week. Spoiler alert for last week's episode if you didn't listen. <laughs> it's uh, all the way to the end because it was long. <laughs> yeah. There was a lot to talk about. It's a good episode, though, I think. Yeah. It's it was a, good a lot episode. of fun. We had our first guest. Woohoo. Woohoo. But now we're getting an influx of people wanting to be on the show. Yeah. Which we haven't figured it out quite yet. Yeah. With, I mean, with I think phones. It's, we haven't figured it out. Yeah. So if you can be here, we're happy to have you. But if you're on the other side of the country, we, we're still working on it. But you also kind of have to listen to the show. Yeah. I mean, why would you come on if you don't listen? Right. You why just want to. Why just, would you want to? Yeah, well, some people just want to feel special. Some people just want to hear their own voice, and it's <laughs> not, not us. <laughs> <laughs> so we got some Chick-fil-A breakfast this time. Mm-hmm. So we got some chicken minis, and Rita had some cinnamon rolls that she brought over that she had made, and no mimosas today. You kind of said no mimosas. No mimosas. No, no mimosas. M- no Jason Momoas today. Yeah. Mm-mm. David's not feeling super great. So. Yeah, my like stuff's flared up, so I'm just not gonna not gonna mess with that. Today. Yeah, we're not gonna mess with it. Maybe next week, because then by the end of the episode, you'd be like, "Fuck this." Yeah. So, I don't know. Is that it? <laughs> Get your shit. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> So before we jump into these movies, there's an elephant in the room and Um, we need to talk about it. Yeah. Hocus Pocus 2 just came out. Yeah. Last weekend. So we we figured we should talk about it. Yeah. Give a a few thoughts. Rita and I have not talked about it yet. Rita just watched it last night. I watched it last weekend because I was pretty sure that everyone would have watched it. And was going to want to talk about it. And I was like, well, I can't not have seen it. And I don't want to be the person that's like, no, we can't talk about it. I haven't watched it yet. And then turns out I was one of only two people at work who had watched (laughs) it. So I couldn't talk about it anyways. Yeah. So I haven't really talked. I talked about it with Sandra because she was the only other person who had seen it. So what were your initial thoughts? Mm. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That's the initial thought. I Okay. I liked I thought it was funny. I liked their whole stint in Walgreens made me laugh. Yeah. And with Siri, I thought that was funny. I I liked that bit with Siri. There's a woman in the box. I can't quite say I really cared for like any of the storyline. I didn't care for the new kids. I did not like the new kids. I thought it was bizarre. Like this girl. Oh, she's just a witch. And it's not even it's like blipped over. Yeah. And I really honestly thought in the beginning that they were going to find some way to link that first witch to maybe this girl. You know, yeah. maybe she was a descendant of 
this witch or something. I don't know. But it it just felt like they made it to make it to appease to right. the 30-year-olds who saw the first one and loved it. Yeah. I I liked the, the sisters. Like, they were given it everything, yeah. and I thought they were pretty great. I didn't like the random musical number when they first appeared i thought that was so <laughs> weird and then they even like poked fun at it and they were like who are they singing for and they were like you yeah <laughs> i was like that was really weird i i mean the um i'm gonna get you or whatever that song's called oh yeah, yeah. It's one not, way or another yeah one way or another is nothing compared to i put a spell on you i know like but they tried i thought that <laughs> i thought the sisters they were great in it i didn't care about anything else i didn't care about the story i didn't care about the new kids i didn't care about the shop owner yeah i cared way more about danny and max and allison like this felt a lot more soulless to me yeah that's why i think it was just and i also feel like the kids and everything were not the sisters were giving it everything they were going all out and that's what like made their performance entertaining to me was they were just like, they were really like, we're going for it. And the kids, it felt like, I don't know, might have been asleep or something. <laughs> it just didn't feel like the storyline. I right. I did love the sisters in it, but I think they lost the plot too. Because it was yeah. the whole idea is that they're coming back for one night mm-hmm. to suck all the lives out of the children of Salem. And they were way too focused on revenge. and Yeah. And I, yeah, I didn't like the their random... Yeah, this revenge plot. I really hated the like Winifred redemption arc at the end where it was like, that's nothing without my sisters. Exactly. I really hated that. I really, that shit the bed for it's me. It's funny because Casey hated the entire movie until that part. Really? She thought that that was the best part. And I said, that's, so last night we all finished up and everyone's looking at me and I don't know why everyone's looking at me. <laughs> I think it's because I love Halloween and yeah. the Hocus Pocus tradition is one I created yeah everybody was just looking at me like what did you think like my sister was looking at me and my sister's friend was looking at me and I and then I was just saying what I didn't like and they're like but that's like her redemption arc like that's that's her sisters got on her nerves but she always loved them and couldn't do anything without them and I was like yeah but that doesn't mean I have to like it right and I thought that the the young Winifred was real cringy I didn't like them as kids (laughs) I just I didn't it made me I just didn't understand I get where why they told us about that is because it's showing that well they needed that in order to need revenge right and in order to get her to want to you know and then I thought when books started sweating that was weird yeah or crying too he cries at the yeah i just i just i did not like it it was like maybe a two or three out of ten overall for me why did they also leave it open for a third i don't know because (laughs) that's what you gotta do now i'm like don't make a third please don't (laughs) because we just didn't i just there's no depth about and I know in the first one, you don't get a lot of depth to Max and Danny, but you know that their their struggle was they had moved to a different state. Right. And I get it. They're, these girls' struggle was that their friend started dating a guy. Mm-hmm. Like, it just seemed so different. You yeah. know, the, the issue that Mac, at the heart of Max's turmoil seemed a little bit more yeah and it was a little bit more it was a little bit more about like max and danny's bond as siblings versus the sisters bond as siblings right where this is was this was just like three friends and like one of them had a boyfriend now and the other two were upset about it yeah so 
<sighs> I don't. I don't know. It just it it just did not do it for me. Yeah, I mean, I like I said, I loved the scenes with the Walgreens and the where she's like, yeah. "How many children are in these?" Yeah, and he's like, Zero. "Or she's like, it's the face of a child." <laughs> They're like eating the mask. Yeah, 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 that was funny. Like I thought, and then you know what? I when I was re-listening to our episode about Hocus Pocus, and I was like, "Yeah, well, would the effects look much better now?" I didn't like the effects. I don't think no. I like modern effects. Like it's, it all looks so like rubbery and fake. And I think they tried way too hard with the sisters. Yeah. Winifred looks the way they did her eyes. She just looks a little. Well, yeah. I mean, she's Bette Midler's in her seventies now, but I don't think it's because of Bette Midler. <laughs> I think it's just because of how they did the makeup on them. Yeah. Cause even like Sarah Jessica Parker's eyebrows were super dark. Yeah. And they didn't need to be. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, they're getting older and that's just how it goes. But yeah. I, yeah. It just, it just didn't do it for me. Yeah. So yeah, I would probably it's, say it was like a three out of 10. Yeah. I'd say like, it's fine for like, if you just want to put something on and watch it, like if you're a fan of the original, you can watch it, but it's not going to be in the Halloween repertoire. Like no. I'm, I'm going to watch the original and probably forget this one exists. I'll probably never watch this one again. Yeah. Same. <laughs> I don't regret watching it once, but I probably won't watch it again. Yeah. We don't need to. So that's our thoughts on Hocus Pocus 2. It yeah. definitely would not be Hocus Pocus 1. Oh, absolutely not. But there was a funny moment in Hocus Pocus 1 where, you know, when he goes to, they go downstairs to get the salt and then they come back up and mm-hmm. he's like, Danny. And he's like, Danny, get up. And it's Sarah in the bed. My sister's friend, Christy, jumped. So <laughs> she forgot about that part. <laughs> and I just, she made me jump because she jumped. I was like, Christy, what is wrong with you? She's like, I forgot that that part came up. I thought it was going to be Binks or something. Yeah. So overall, I think just about every aspect of it was worse than the original. Except for the sisters. I would say I didn't like. I, I They were the best part of the movie, but I don't think they were as good as the original. Yeah. Like I felt like they, like when they were in there and they're like, we should bewitch her, you know, like I'll be up here and you be down there. And if I knew I meant, like I thought that they were just like trying too hard. Yeah. Yeah. It was nice to see that Ben Midler still has her voice, though. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like still a complete powerhouse but yeah i i yeah i it wasn't good <laughs> i feel so bad saying that everyone's been asking me what i thought and i'm just like eh, it was yeah. okay but i think across the board millennials feel that way that it was yeah. just okay i mean it's just it was it felt like what most sequels unnecessary sequels feel like now it's just like a soulless cash grab yeah. is what it feels like yeah i mean I don't know how it could be a soulless cash grab considering it came out on Disney Plus and you didn't have to pay for it, but <laughs> still. Yeah, it didn't have box office information because it just went straight to Disney Plus. Yeah, so I don't know. The, it just it just didn't feel like it needed to exist. It didn't. Maybe it, they'll it, Mandela affect us. Maybe. And we'll just get rid of it. Maybe. And then we'll be like, you remember that Hocus Pocus too? Yeah, but it. I felt like it didn't need to exist. And when I watched it, I didn't end up thinking like, oh yeah, that needed to exist, yeah. which is what I feel like a sequel needs to do. Like you need to convince me that there's a reason for a sequel. Do All you right. have anything else you want to say about this movie? No. All right. Then let's get into the bulk of the episode, which most of it will be about the black phone. We've said all we need to say about. If you want to know what we think about Silence of the Lambs, just um, listen to our last episode. (laughs) We're really just going to be comparing it to the black phone. Yeah. So we this is 
kind of another new for us where we're comparing a movie that we have talked about to a movie that we haven't talked about. Yeah. So it's the first time doing that. But anyways, do you want to give... No, I'll give the information on The Black Phone. Boy, I don't have no information <laughs> this time. So The Black Phone came out in 2022. I actually put in parentheses 2021 at Fantastic Fest, but who gives a fuck because so many movies come out at in like movie what is that called film festivals it's like movie festivals that's not what that's called and so they have like multiple release dates and stuff but the general public got it in 2022 i didn't actually put like a date so the synopsis is after being abducted by a child killer and locked in a soundproof basement a 13 year old boy starts receiving calls on a disconnected phone from the killer's previous victims Mm-mm-mm. dun 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 so this movie had a budget of 16 to 18 million dollars and a total box office of 161 million Ooh. yeah so this I was, was one of those people <laughs> yeah rita actually you contributed quite a bit to it because you saw it in theaters yeah and then i came over and we watched it on apple what's it called apple tv yeah i bought it yeah and then i bought it last night on amazon because this is something so I'd watch again. you liked it enough to buy it yeah not just it was only it. four more dollars than renting it <laughs> so i was like man That's how it works sometimes i'll probably think about like i'd watch it again the newer films it's like like scream was 20 dollars to rent or yeah. 25 to buy and you're just like why would i rent it right the thing that is kind of sketchy though is apparently i was reading about this this was a while ago but when you quote unquote buy a movie on Amazon it's you're not, not actually buying it it's you're a... essentially leasing it until Amazon like loses the rights to it so if you pay $25 for a movie on Amazon but then Amazon loses the rights to an have that movie yeah essentially like they can just remove that movie from their platform and then you don't have it anymore yeah so it was interesting the article I was reading was talking about the justification for like actually buying dvds and stuff like that because that's the only way that you're actually buying things now yeah who wants to do that anymore anyways though i don't know it's so much fucking space in your house (laughs) yeah really we used to have so my sister and my dad still have so many dvds and then you gotta have a dvd player it's like someday kids will listen to this and be like what's a dvd maybe What's a Blu-ray? I mean, kids in middle school, probably high school and stuff, probably don't even know what floppy disks are anymore. What's a floppy disk? Are you asking me seriously? No. Okay. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, like, I don't know what a floppy disk Like, is. you probably had to buy one. It was probably part of your school supplies. Oh, yeah. 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 You always wanted the super colorful ones, the, like, pack of a bunch of different colors. Yeah, but they were always more expensive. Yeah. So this movie is based on The Black Phone, which is a short story by Joe Hill, the son of Stephen King. I think you told me that. I did. It was actually in his book, which is called 20th Century Ghosts, which is a collection of his short stories. And it was directed by Scott Derrickson, who directed Sinister. And the screenplay was actually written by Scott Derrickson and C. Robert Cargill, who collaborate a lot. They collaborated on... Sinister, Sinister 2, Doctor Strange, kind of a bunch of things. They work together a lot. So for the cast, we have Mason, let's say Thames. I don't know. It's T-H-A-M-E-S, but it's like Thomas, kind of, (laughs) is how I'm assuming it's pronounced, (laughs) not Thames. I mean, I guess it could be. I don't know. I have no idea. Sometimes I just YouTube the name. I did that for James Ranson. Yeah. Because I was like, is it Ransone? (laughs) 
Ransoni. <laughs> you never know. Yeah. So uh, Mason Thames plays Finney Blake, a young teenager captured by the Grabber. Madeline McGraw plays Gwen, Finney's sister um, experiencing psychic dreams. Ethan Hawke plays the Grabber, a psychotic child, kidnapper, and serial killer. Jeremy Davies plays Terrence, Finney and Gwen's alcoholic and abusive widower father. E. Roger M- Mitchell plays Detective Wright. Troy Rude Seal plays detec- Detective Miller. James Ranson plays Max, the Grabber's eccentric brother. Uh, and we know him from It Chapter 2. He was Detective So-and-so, or Deputy So-and-so in Sinister. Stuff yeah. like that. So he they actually wrote his scene in to the movie because they said that they need it the audience might need a break from like the seriousness of the story. So they actually wrote the role of the brother for I him. I thought the grabber was hilarious. What are you talking about? <laughs> right. I loved all the dead kids in the basement. <laughs> I thought he was so funny. And the abusive father and when he's like this mask? Yeah. Or this face? Yeah. And then uh lastly was Miguel Cazares Mora played Robin. Ariano, uh, Finney's friend who becomes a victim of the grabber. I didn't get any of the other kids. Just got him because he was like the main one. Yeah. We got yeah. like little glimpses. Of I wish ones. I would have gotten the the other baseball player kid. Oh, your, the one your who. arm is mint. Yeah. That one. But I didn't. Sorry. You're deal, forgiven. Deal with it. Deal with so. it. All right. So that's all the like box office information. Do you want to do favorites first? It's always hard to say favorite scene in a horror film, but. I don't really have like favorite scenes i have favorite aspects of the movie yeah like things that i liked about them i mean i really liked overall i really liked the fact that it goes one direction or you think it's going one direction and then it goes a completely different direction Mm -hmm. i did however read the short story and it it just it's so different from joe hill's really short story not so different but it's like the grabber was severely overweight and played a clown oh not a magician so that's like the big difference interesting i obviously liked once i realized that it wasn't going to be super scary because it's actually not super it's scary but it's not what i thought it was going to be so i accept the fact that it was like slightly scary yeah so i i did like when he would get a phone call yeah so i put down that i really liked the kid actors i thought were for child actors were really good yeah especially his sister i thought was really really good (laughs) the scene where she's like praying yeah well i was thinking the scene where she's getting like beaten (laughs) which is bad she just sits it out after her face gets like kicked in like her teeth when her mouth starts bleeding and she just like goes and sits next to that kid no i was talking about the the scene where her dad's beating her and she's crying and stuff like i i thought she was really good in that scene i just think like she was like an a plus all the other kids were probably like b pluses or a's I thought Vinny was good. Yeah. He was a little like a little dry at times. Well, he was abused. Yeah. No, I mean, he was good. I and just... he didn't, he's different from her because he didn't have friends. Like Robin was his only friend. And then even then, Robin wasn't really like a best friend. Right. They weren't like out and about friends, but they were like, they were friends. They were friends at school, but they yeah. didn't hang out at each other's houses. Right. You know, Except to tutor. His sister had her friend's house that she would go spend the night at. Right. Every weekend or whatever. Yeah. Uh, I also liked the scene with the kids on the phone. I thought it was really cool. The sound design in that scene where the kid would be in the background talking. Yeah. But it sounded like it was coming through the phone. Did you hear that they actually 
had him talking to them on the phone? Yeah, I did. Did you see hear? That. Did I, you read? <laughs> I did read that. Yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. Did you cool. hear? But I just thought that was like a really cool effect when you were watching it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I liked the end when the grabber is being before the grabber he snaps his neck mm-hmm. and he's like it's for you and it's all the kids right that he Say, saying the things that they've been saying to finney yeah. but like in a way that was directed at the grabber instead yeah. of finney yeah and then kind of on that i also i i love in horror movies when they have that i don't know what to, if it has like an official name but that like moment of triumph where everything comes together and the hero ends up fighting the bad guy beating the shit out of him it's just like it's always a good feeling well it's cool to see how all the things the kids had him do mm-hmm. built on top so it's like, like he had to felt, dig the hole yeah it like felt like it was all pointless but then it all came together in the end yeah like yeah. especially the part about the fridge because then he fed the yeah raw meat to the dog that dog still looks weird. Like it's definitely <laughs> CGI'd. You think so? I think so. What it like kind of looks... is it a Rottweiler? No, what is it, it might have been like a pit pit bull mix or something. I don't know. But it it, lo- it looked like they like made the dog's face darker. Mm, maybe. Maybe not. I don't know. It just kind of looked weird to me. Uh, I also put that I liked the mask. Like I think the design of the mask was really cool. I don't really think it makes much sense in the context of the story (laughs) like why does he have that mask i don't the thing that i wish we had more of is more insight into the grabber yeah and why he does what he does open for a sequel a backstory for the grabber (laughs) because they talk about the game Mm -hmm. it's called naughty boy like Mm -hmm. why is it called naughty boy was he abused as a child in the same manner yeah you know, because it sounds like he beats them mm-hmm. pretty harshly. Yeah, he like sits in the kitchen with his shirt off with the belt. Ugh. Ethan Hawke got a little gut going on. Well, he, I don't know how old he is. I mean, he looks fine. I just forgot what Ethan Hawke sounded like. <laughs> and then you watch the black phone and he, he sounds similar to Joaquin Phoenix's Joker to me. I still haven't seen that. Oh my gosh, it's so good. Yeah. It's really good. I'll take your word for it. <laughs> I just don't have any desire to see it. Why? I don't know. Hmm. You got to watch it at least once. It's good. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I also think it's funny that the bad boys in all of these like 70s and 80s things are always these like pretty boys with eyeliners and like eyeliners. Who? The one playing pinball. <laughs> I'm going to just do this. Oh, there we <laughs> it's go. just going to relax back with their <laughs> mic. I'm running on minimal sleep over the last two days. Yeah. So no about how if you look at the one that is playing pinball that like beats up the guy and carves the number into his Where's arm. Where's his? Oh yeah yeah yeah. He's got like a choker on and long yeah. curly hair and eyeliner and stuff. And then what's his name from Stranger Things? <laughs> I immediately went to Billy. Yeah yeah. I just think it's funny because there are a lot of pretty boys. I'm gonna bring that back. I'm gonna be like the pretty bad boy. I'm going to grow my hair out and curl it. Please, your hair grows out barely on your neck and you're like, I need a haircut. Yeah, that's true. I I couldn't do it. (laughs) Rita, when I moved here, tried to convince me to let my hair grow and I just like, I let it go for a while and then I was like, I can't do it anymore. And then as soon as I cut it, it's the same with shaving. I like, I'm going to let my beard grow out a little bit. And then as soon as it like gets to the point where it annoys me and I shave it, I'm like, why did I ever think that looked good? (laughs) I don't have that problem. With my beard. (laughs) (laughs) No, you keep yours pretty trim. I have it with my hair, though, when I cut my hair off that one time. Do you remember? Yeah. Yeah. I chopped off like eight inches. Yeah. And it was like down to your shoulders. Did not like. No. You thought it was like easier, but it was like. It's not, though. 
When you have curly hair, it's not. No. Because I feel like when your hair is longer, because I have thick curly hair, so when it's mm-hmm. longer, it weighs it down. Mm-hmm. When it's shorter, it just springs up <laughs> and goes up to like my chin. Yeah. Pretty much. <laughs> when you look, it's like curly. A, look like a boy. Yeah, what's new? <laughs> it's me my whole childhood. Oh my gosh. It's like when you were talking about being an uggo. <laughs> how, how many times did I say you guys should take a shot for every time I said uggo in like that two minutes yeah pathetic uggo pathetic uggo <laughs> and then you were an ego yeah yeah and I, see I have like wavy hair so it's there's like a if I let it grow long enough then it it would be fine but there's like an awkward stage in the middle where my hair is just like mid wave and it's just <laughs> flipping out so I have to keep it short before that point I know it's so hard being us. <laughs> I know. <laughs> At least we're not like Finney stuck in the damn basement. True. Let's see. <laughs> Did you have any more favorite parts or favorite aspects of the movie? No. No. I, for least favorites, what immediately jumps out is when his sister gets the phone call that Finney's been taken or finney's missing or whatever and she runs out of the house and then she's like running clearly on like a track or something and nothing's moving in the background i think that is all that always looks so stupid yeah there were a couple scenes with her where i was kind of like i mean i like the scenes with her but i there's just so much unknown like why does she have these visions because her mom was psychic i know but i know but why does danny have the shining that's different how it's just different (laughs) because you said so it's different because in the shining there's more to it like he went to a hotel that specifically saw the ghosts in there saw out people with the shining yeah and this was literally like the cops actually trust her and stuff that's just crazy that was pretty weird that like immediately they were just like yeah we're gonna take she's we're gonna take everything she says as being true right i don't know that was weird yeah I can't quite say it like that. All she did was have like one meeting with them in the principal's office where she said that sometimes her dreams come true. And they were just like, well, she said this sometimes her like, dreams come you true. You want to join the FBI, little lady? Yeah. Here we go. So. But also, like, wouldn't you think she would share that information about her dreams with her brother so that he knows to look out for black balloons? He and did. Not- she did. Remember, that's why he was like, oh, are those black balloons? Which, come on, Finny. I know. Fucking stupid. And then he just screams all wide. And He's like, he- spray me in the mouth, please. Right. And you think that, like, if, like, he was not even close to the first one taken. There were at least, like, four other boys taken before him. And he just, like, sees this guy and he's like, you want to see a magic trick? And Finney's just like, yeah, sure. Like, <laughs> well, there, is a, there is a grabber on the loose. I think that that's the point, though, is that Finney was so lonely. He's so that stupid. He w- that he would have let a serial killer do that to him. <laughs> you think he wanted it just for the company? take me no but i never get to go to anybody's house (laughs) i want to do a sleepover (laughs) i was just saying that he's i think they were trying to get at the fact that he was willing to have he was willing to put himself at risk to have friends (laughs) no he was willing to watch him do a magic trick but then he saw him shaking up a can and and then he's like oh are those black balloons and he like steps closer I don't know what the answer is. He's stupid. He's clearly not because he escapes. Yeah, because all the other kids help him. Yeah. There is that there is that one point when he like he ag- he agrees. <laughs> he accepts his fate. Yeah. Like lays there for a minute. But 
Anyways. Anyways. So least favorite parts. I I don't know why I thought it was so stupid. I like cringed a little bit with the cops at the end when they come to random conclusions. When they get in the house and they see all the the dirt piles where he's clearly buried the other kids and they're just like it's the missing kids and then it was one of them was like i think he kills them somewhere else and brings them here you just look down the basement and you come to all of those conclusions and also like we talked about him just them just randomly trusting his sister yeah after like one interaction so the fun fact that i was getting confused by earlier when i was rereading it was the fact because you mentioned the different houses mm-hmm so it was saying that when Gwen dreams for the first time with Finney in it, she sees him banging at a door shouting for help. As the camera zooms out, one could see that there is a number written over the wall in an inverted fashion, which reads 7471. This might be the door number of the house in which Finn was trapped. The number is also a play on 7741, the door number of the house, which is used by the killer to bury the victims. So it's just like, it's the same numbers. Yeah. It's weird. I don't know. Also, like, <laughs> I was like, who the fuck can afford to have two mortgages? I get that this was, like, the set in a different time, yeah. but I was kind of like, he has two mortgages. Yeah, with the interest rates, what they were then, <laughs> it was, like, 16% or some shit. That's Crazy. a lot. Yeah. yeah. Also, I just want to know why this has to take place in Denver. Like, why does this have to be in Colorado? Uh, well, Ted Bundy was here. Yeah, I know, like, a lot of... But just like leave us alone. <laughs> <laughs> I know it was funny when I was watching it in theaters. The Denver, Colorado came up, and I was like, Ugh. and my sister-in-law started laughing because yeah. I was like, "Why the fuck is this? This is going so well." Yeah, it's starting in Denver. So initially, his their dad makes a comment about like if they when they're trying to be quiet, like oh they could hear you in Boulder, and that's when I was like, oh my god, it's in Colorado again. Because The Shining takes place in Colorado, too. So it's just... It's nice, though, to have it take place. I don't know. My friend Reggie actually wrote in and told us, said something about that. Well, you know, even though it takes place in Colorado, it was actually filmed in North Carolina. Yeah, that I was saw one that. fun fact. Where are, there, where are there mountains in North Carolina? It's on the... Um, I'm really bad at geography, but it's the Rocky Mountains that are over there, right? In no, North Carolina? No, Rocky no. Mountains are here. It's the Appalachian? Are you fucking with me right now? I don't fucking know. Do I look like a mountaineer? (laughs) So Reggie said, I really enjoyed the movie for one. It was set in Colorado. There need to be more movies and especially horror stuff that is based in different states and different places offers. So it can offer some variety. Yeah, I agree. Stop setting your movies in Colorado. (laughs) Set them in Georgia. Yeah, talk about scary. We already have one. I think it's Alabama, though. Deliverance. Yeah, but you guys also have The Walking Dead. Oh, yeah. In Atlanta. does a ton of that. Yeah. Any kind of zombie movie where they need to get to the CDC because the CDC is in Atlanta. Well, I'm not going there. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I said that so aggressively. I I was like, like, that's fine. (laughs) I just meant that if there was a zombie apocalypse, I wouldn't go to the CDC because everyone would be going to the CDC. Yeah. I go to Costco. That's smart. I so my dad is like a prepper and everything and so all my friends were like well we know where we're going if there's a zombie apocalypse we're going to David's house and I told my dad that they said that and he was like that's fine they'll be the first bodies in the pile <laughs> shoot he has zero faith no he's like uh-uh 
I feel like Costco would be the best place. But I also feel like just as many people would be flocking to Costco as would the CDC. I mean, if the toilet paper shortage is any right indication of what would happen. Uh, that was There's one a of the, zombie apocalypse. Let's buy up all the fucking toilet paper. That was one thing that I liked in World War Z. Did you ever see that with Brad Pitt? No. Oh, but well, there's a scene where they like go to the grocery store and I thought it was like a pretty cool depiction of like the zombie apocalypse is happening and everybody's running to the grocery store trying to grab whatever they can. And then there's a scene where there's like a a cop, they see a cop and something's happening where they're like, oh God, the cop's coming for me. But the cop is like runs past them because he's at that point, he's not a cop. He's just like a guy trying to get supplies. And so I thought it was... I don't know. That was like something. Did I everyone see. buy up on the toilet paper? And they were getting like canned foods and stuff, mm. and medicines from that. the pharmacy. I didn't buy a ton of canned foods, but I definitely bought. I bought like canned and frozen foods. Yeah, I bought like mac and cheese and stuff. Yeah, pastas were gone. <laughs> Pasta, ramen, and mac and cheese were like the first things that were gone, and bread and cereal. Yeah. Like dry stuff. Because I remember. I, Actually, you know, I take it back. Everything was gone. <laughs> I wanted Reese's Puffs and they didn't have any. Oh, man. And that sucked. In the apocalypse, Rita, you might just have to eat Raisin Bran. Oh, that's the <laughs> worst cereal ever. I, I know. Ever. I know, but you my father in law loves it and he gets the one with like the extra raisins. I didn't even know they sold one with extra raisins until he said it. And I was like, why would you want more raisins? I mean, it's better than extra bran. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think the cereal part is bad. I just hate raisins. So Yeah, I don't mind raisins. <sighs> They're not like my favorite, but I'll, I'll eat them. Yeah. I hate getting them for Halloween, though. Who's giving out raisins for Halloween? Bitches. Bitches be cray. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're giving out full-size candy bars this year. Ooh, you're going to be popular. I was just like, I'm done. I'm done. I'm done stressing about how big my handfuls need to be for kids. <laughs> you know, you each get one. Right, you just get, get one, one candy, candy bar. bar, a full candy bar. That's smart. That's it. Yeah. Because then I'm like, oh man, this little kid's looking at me. I need to give him an extra handful. And then it's like, and then I can't give too big of handfuls because what if more kids come? And then sometimes what if no kids come? And then I could have given those kids all my candy. When I used to give candy out when I lived back in Georgia, I would just like, I'd say take a few. And I would just like let the kids pick out a couple of like the ones that they wanted. But we didn't get a lot of trick-or-treaters because we lived at the top of a hill. We got more towards like like more recently just because the advent of parents driving their kids around to go trick-or-treating, which I think is so stupid. <laughs> kids these days are weak. I know. Just walk. I remember walking back in my day, <laughs> walking like seven or eight miles a night. Yeah. And in colorado it could be cold it was and sometimes and snow we would walk and get candy all night till we filled up our like yeah. pillowcases and now kids go two blocks and they're like I i'm done right they don't want the candy they want to go home and play video games which same <laughs> now as an adult i just buy myself candy yeah well that was what i did was my dad would always send me to go buy the candy that I wanted because we wouldn't get a lot of trick-or-treaters. So he's like, "You, we should at least have something that you're going to eat. So he always sent me to go get it. What's your favorite Halloween candy? Mm, it's a tough one. Only Halloween time. Oh, like Halloween specific candy? Just something that you only eat around Halloween. For me, it's caramel apple pops. 
Oh, I only those eat them are around good. Halloween. Those are good. Mm-hmm. I haven't had one of those in a long time. Casey brought me some. Yeah. <laughs> like, and you didn't bring me in? I was like, well, I actually did not. Why are we whispering all of a sudden? I actually did not expect you to like them. Why? I don't know. Huh. I just would have felt, because I thought about it. Yeah. I thought about bringing you one. No, I like those. I hadn't thought about it. I don't know that I have like a Halloween specific candy. I don't hate candy corn. I don't love candy corn. Like I'll eat it if I'm desperate for sugar, but it's basically just it. Like everyone's like, oh no, it tastes like whatever. It it tastes like Wax. it tastes like corn. It it doesn't taste like corn. It's <laughs> it ta- corn. It tastes like sugar. Well, have you seen that girl who the girl who does the it's freaking bats? So there's one about no. candy corn. She's Mm-mm. like, for those people who say candy corn tastes like wax, how do you know? <laughs> you wax eaters. <laughs> no, I hadn't seen that. It's funny. Yeah, we got on a huge tangent. Yeah, I just realized I don't know how we got. We started talking about Denver and like putting movies (laughs) in other. Denver to (laughs) to zombie apocalypse to COVID to cereal to (laughs) Halloween candy. And we're back. (laughs) Like a woo. That was a weeble and a wobble. Yeah, a woo is right. (laughs) All right. That was rough. I don't really have least favorite scenes. I mean, I do think I. I don't know. I don't really have like least favorite scenes either. I I mean, I think that this movie is pretty well done. I think it's not perfect. It's not like exceptional, but I think the production quality and everything's really good. So it's always going to be enjoyable to watch. Yeah. It's on my list for sure. What list? (laughs) My hit list. (laughs) It's like your Halloween list or like. Just my list of films I enjoy watching. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) As opposed to my list of films I don't enjoy watching. That's so random. <laughs> All right. Well, I don't really have any more. So I don't have anything else, but Reggie was supposed to be on the episode today, but he couldn't make it. So hi, Reggie. Hi, Reggie. He's Thanks also a voice actor, so it would have been cool to have him on here. Yeah. But unlike us, we just do really bad impersonations. <laughs> <laughs> so he said... He gave he sent me a few comments. So he mm-hmm. said, I like that the story initially was going toward a formulaic kidnapping kidnapper type of plot. But then as the story pro- progresses, you start to see all of the spirits that are really trying to help the kid escape and the way that each of the spirits gave Finney the tools that he needs to succeed. My favorite part of the movie was Robin. That kid had everything going for him. He could fight. He could protect. He offered guidance even in death. Amazing, I thought. He also said... And Max was so close on figuring it out on the black phone. He almost made it out. Shout out to Max. Yeah. He wasn't so close to even figuring out. He did figure it out. Yeah. I think Robin, maybe this is racist. I don't know. But always makes me think of Atreyu from The NeverEnding Story. Mm-hmm. I think it's just like his long hair. And when he has his the bandana on, I don't know why I always think of Atreyu. What I don't understand is how Robin got, got kidnapped. <laughs> did you see... In the scene where he's like walking, that guy gets out of the van and starts walking towards him and Robin just like keeps going. He's so far away from him. He could have turned and run. But also like we saw Robin literally clobber a kid in the face. Right. He probably could have fought him off. And look at what Finny did. He could have beat that puta up. (laughs) (laughs) And Finny, Finny even like clearly the grabber was not much of a fighter. Yeah. He had to use chemicals. Yeah. Where's where's he buying that spray from? I don't know. I'm not asking for personal like it, use. It's the, it's the 80s. You could probably get like morphine over the counter. That's true. I don't know. <laughs> but 
Anyways, let's get into the fun facts. Go for it. All right. So firstly, I have that the script was written in six weeks and the film was shot in 33 days, which is so fast. These guys move fast because didn't it take them like three weeks to write the Sinister? Maybe. Script too? I don't don't remember that, but maybe. They're like, just pump out these scary movies. You got it, bro. Right. And then um, clearly they're making money. Yeah. With these because they've got like relatively low budgets and... Well, all the Bloomhouse productions are... Bloomhouse? Yeah. Low budget. Yeah. And then they probably cut a deal with Ethan Hawke. Like... Yeah, they work with him a lot. So yeah. they might just they might just be friends. Them and James I doubt Ranson. he's doing it for free, though. No. Them and who? James Rain. Oh. Ranson. <laughs> you said Charles Manson. Yeah. And I was like, who? <laughs> like, what movie were you watching? <laughs> Excuse me, what? <laughs> No, what? James Ranson, because he was in he was in, he was it. in Sinister yeah, and Sinister and Two, it. but I don't think it, Ethan Hawke wasn't in those. These guys didn't write that. That's no, just what we would know. I'm from. talking about the link with Stephen King and Joe Hill. Oh, oh, I didn't make that connection. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, I just mean like he. I think is in that group that's friends with like Ethan Hawke and the actors and every or the directors and writers. Yeah. Also, what's the point in Joe Hill changing his name when everybody knows he's Stephen King's son? Yeah, he's Joe Hill, Stephen King's son. Yeah, like <laughs> they're like, like he didn't want to be under his dad's maybe like shadow. In, maybe and like stuff. initially when he is getting published and stuff. But he still rips off a bunch of stuff from his dad. Or borrows. <laughs> he inherits. <laughs> <laughs> well, isn't the grabber based off of he's a little similar to Pennywise? He's just not an entity. Mm-hmm. I have something in here about that about the the grabber wears a stovepipe hat and abducts kids while walking home from a baseball game very much like rose the hat in dr sleep written by joe hill's father stephen king so there are definitely elements but i don't i don't know i think maybe initially he wanted to like get published on his own without i don't know I that they still knew yeah i don't necessarily no no it definitely could i was gonna say i don't know that nepotism works the same way in, oh. write, in writing as it does in movies but yeah it, it Read definitely the short does. story and then tell me if it's as good as the film because it's not oh it's not it's, it's not <laughs> all right what else you got the line running through the wall on the basement from the phone is a reference to the poster of sinister oh my gosh yeah you know the girl yes. where she's like dragging the blood yeah. Except it just doesn't have Mr. Boogie's face. Right. No, it has the blood. black phone instead. Yeah. The black balloons were significant to Sinister too. Because when uh, Ashley draws that picture of the girl. Oh, yeah. Or the balloons, they're black. And the balloons from it. Are not black. They're not black, but the balloons. Yeah. Hmm. See? See? It's all connected. It's all connected. It's an expanded universe. <laughs> There's the Mandela effect. Just kidding. <laughs> Did you just read something about the Mandela effect? Because I swear to God, Sinbad was in a movie where he was a genie. Yeah. It doesn't exist. You're thinking of Kazam. I'm not, though. It was him. Was it, though? (laughs) Well, according to him, it wasn't. (laughs) According to my brain, it was. And it was called Shazam. There's Kazam. I know, but it was. I'm not the only one who thought that this movie existed. (laughs) Okay. You it does YouTube sound familiar. It, it sounds can, like something that I might have looked up before. You can YouTube it. There are a lot of people our age who think that that movie I exists. believe you. I believe you. I just admitted that 
that it looks like something that I probably got into like down a rabbit hole about the Mandela effect because of that. Or that like was like the on that, the list of things. Like the fact that they're called the Berenstain Bears. Yeah. Instead of the Berenstain Bears. And they're called soccer boppers, not soccer boppers. Yeah. I was like, yeah. soccer boppers. That You're like three years behind me on this. Oh, well. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Catch up, Rita. Get into this dimension. <laughs> Well, Zach tried to convince me that I had Mandela affected myself on the paper brigade because he kept saying that movie doesn't exist. And I was like, yes, it does. Gunther? Yes. Dude, I think I just stepped in some Gunther. Yeah. So for the longest time, he had me thinking that like that movie didn't exist. That movie never existed. Yeah, it did. Okay. Yeah. Except if we look it up and it's like it never existed. What are you going to do? I don't know because we both remember it. Yeah. But Gunther. That, what kind of name is Gunther? But I'm telling you, thousands of people remember a movie with Sinbad. I believe you. Rita. And Rita, it doesn't mean it existed. Rita, I believe you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying just because you and me remember the paper brigade doesn't mean it existed. Wow. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Anyways, before we get on like a total Look mind who's fuck. bringing who back to reality. Yeah. Well, unless you want this episode to be another two-hour episode where we're not talking about anything related to the movie. (laughs) (laughs) I know. We're going to get back on track. Okay, go, go, go. Derrickson, the director, included a scene from The Tingler, that's the black and white movie that Finney's watching, because it's a direct memory of seeing the film as a kid and truly being freaked out by it. He said, that was the beginning of the horror director in me, I suppose. Hmm. That movie wasn't scary. No, they were just losers. (laughs) and then we mentioned about finney's conversations with the dead kids were actually shot with mason actually talking to them on the phone Mm -hmm. which i thought was kind of cool it's a cool way for them to like deliver the lines to him yeah and my last fun fact was about them writing in james ranson's scene as a break for the audience just ignore it (laughs) what is that it's my upstairs neighbor what are they doing hiding a body maybe don't go ask them or you're next (laughs) that's all my fun facts all right i have that it was actually ethan hawk's idea to have the grabber react with panic when finney removes his mask and he also suggested he slide fully into the hole after he's killed i thought those were good additions yeah although i don't know why he cared about his mask being removed when he literally wore like one over his mouth which doesn't really you wear like one over his mouth and one over the top it's like i could put two and two together (laughs) i know what you look like i know what your face looks like dude (laughs) well clearly he's like disturbed and maybe he thought that like i don't know this face yeah and then one of the more common conversations that derrickson has with people about the film is in regard to jeremy davies davies's character the dad Mm mm-hmm People ask if he thinks the man is redeemed at the end. He told Davies not to play the role as a villain, but as a man in pain. I like that in that scene, the kids aren't like, it's okay, dad. And they're like hugging him and stuff. They're like still clinging to each other. Yeah. I liked that part because it, do- it, it doesn't give him that out. No. Don't hit your kids, dude. No. Fuck him. Like, I'm sorry your wife died and everything, but fuck you. Yeah. It was honestly... You could see how fin- how much Finney really didn't like his dad. Right. And I like that staring dagger hot daggers at him. But I like that the like you can see the bond between the the siblings as like this is their they're each other's refuge. Mm-hmm. The grabber is based on real life serial killers. Again. Shocker. 
Ted Bundy, John Wayne Gacy, and Jeffrey Dahmer. Wow, the big three. <laughs> Ted Bundy would use a original. to lure victims to help him to his car. John Wayne Gacy would use a belt on his victims, and Jeffrey Dahmer had one victim escape from his apartment only to be recaptured. Aren't those the same three that... No, it was... Uh... Buffalo Bill. Buffalo Bill was based off Ted Bundy, Ed Gein. Oh, right, 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 And right, right. someone else. Oh, okay. But Ted Bundy is the big one. I'm so tired of Ted Bundy. Can he just fucking die already? He did. Yeah, well, can he continue to die? <laughs> like, die in pop culture? I just don't think with this new obsession with serial killers and true crime that they really will ever die. What do you what, what do you think the reason for that is? This, like, uptick in true crime popularity? I, think, I don't get it personally. <laughs> I mean, I think when I used to listen to true crime, because my true crime, I guess obsession started with cereal yeah and then i tried to listen to crime junkie but it just made me so paranoid and anxious see i thought that cereal was fine like i didn't have any problem with cereal because it wasn't necessarily just like recounting the story it was re-looking at the evidence because they weren't sure that the right man was up in jail which is why i think it led to crime junkie for me and yeah. then it was like you're just hearing about people being brutally murdered right. they're not and there's there's no new evidence and stuff at this point with like the jeffrey dahmer and all that stuff i think it's a curiosity that someone could be so horrible yeah i think society just has this innate attraction to that i mean i guess way. it's probably it's probably the same thing that makes people like horror movies and like slasher movies and stuff like that i think the difference though is that true crime actually happens right i think it's it's so much harder for me yeah like the jeffrey dahmer show it's just not something that i it's cool that people are into it and stuff but it's like i don't have any desire to really watch what he did yeah i mean i watched the one with zach yeah what's his name zach efron yeah but that wasn't I felt like that movie was not about Ted Bundy. That was about his girlfriend who was a victim. Right. And it was from her point of view. Right. And it was sho- and it was showing it. that like these people to some people are just normal folks. And then you find out that they're a fucking monster. Yeah. And it was her grappling with the guilt of feeling like she turned him in. And what if he wasn't right. guilty and he wasn't the guy? Yeah. So I'm okay with that. I'm, it's just like specifically Dahmer, the families of the victims have come out and said like, we don't, we didn't agree to this being made. Right. And that's sort of the, what kind of, so I don't know. I kind of had like a little bit of a true crime phase. It was like, I don't it was know. The a couple, YouTube it was like a couple makeup months. makeup video though, right? Where she would do her makeup and talk about true crime or no? Well, that was one of them. That was one that I could like, I could stomach that one. Mm-hmm. But I got to where I was watching like the YouTube documentary or the Netflix documentaries and stuff like that. But the one about the, um, what's his name? Chris Watts. Yeah, that one. Why did I know you were going to talk about that one? You want to know why these movies are set in Colorado? Because shit like that happens in Colorado. That's true. But that one, I, I watched it and I like lost sleep over it. I couldn't. It's just as soon as I realized that like these things are real and happening to real people, I just, I can't, I can't separate myself from it. Yeah. Especially because I guess in that case, 
he didn't exhibit any type of behavior that would make you think he would ever do something like that. Yeah. And he just, just like got, it. And it's just like, I just don't, I can't wrap my head around that. Like he got this new girlfriend and he wanted to be with her. And so rather than just getting a divorce, he just fucking kills his two and a half kids <laughs> and his wife. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I can't wrap my brain. At least it. like, Never mind. That that was gonna come out wrong. So I was gonna say, at least in Jeffrey Dahmer's case, he was abused. <laughs> like, right. At least he it, was abused. <laughs> it's there's no excuse to being a murderer. No. Or a monster. Like but a lot I think, of people live hard lives and don't grow up psych- to kill people. But I think the psychology of it also attracts people because yeah. people are like, and that was one of the look things- at what led to Jeffrey Dahmer. Could Jeffrey Dahmer have been like a different ending? Yeah. Jeffrey Dahmer could have been a very well-adjusted individual had he not been abused. Then again, maybe not, because sometimes you have murderers who just snap out of nowhere. Yeah, and that was one of the things that I liked about that YouTuber who would talk about it is because she mentioned a few times that she would like get flack for talking about the backstories behind these killers and stuff and like their upbringing and everything. And she's like, well, what I want to know is like, is there a correlation because a lot of people live horrible childhoods and grow up to be completely normal people who aren't killers. And then there's people who have like completely normal childhoods. Is that right? Childhoods? Mm-hmm. If sounds weird. <laughs> and grow up to be killers. Yeah. Like some people just are not right. And that's what I always say about like raising kids. I don't <laughs> have kids, but I feel like parenthood is just doing the best you can can and hoping they don't end up a killer slitting your throat in your sleep yeah or that that's a big one (laughs) i hope they don't kill me or anyone else (laughs) (laughs) yeah just don't let them watch sinister yeah definitely that's what's gonna (laughs) imagery the symbology (laughs) (laughs) symbolism (laughs) that's such a good movie we should do that one which one the boondock saints that's what that's from oh i've never seen it yeah, I've never seen that movie. <gasps> you would love it. Okay. Well, we'll do it for the podcast sometime. Sometime. In the new season. Yeah. In the new year. I don't have any more fun facts. I also do not have any more fun facts. So we're waiting to rate it till after we... Well, we no, could no. just... Do we have anything to compare to Silence of the Lambs? Well, they're both about serial killers. Who kidnap their victims and keep them for a little while. Mm-hmm. Except the grabber in... is not turning the kids into clothes, though. Yeah, he just kills them i guess just for fun i don't know i actually i agree i think that there would there could be an interesting movie on like the backstory of the grabber it has to be some sort of abuse thing if the game he plays with them is called naughty boy yeah or he's just a pedophile you think he is sounds like it i don't know he's like if you don't play the game he can't win he can't go to the next part and the next part's his favorite part Ugh. yeah it always grossed me out mm-hmm I don't, yeah, I don't know if he's a pedophile, but something about kids. How did his brother not know till like the last minute? I don't know. <laughs> it, was, it was funny when he's like, do you want to know how I figured it out? And he's like, no. <laughs> yeah. He's like, uh, no, I'm like. Really... No, get me out of here. Uh, and then an axe to the head. I did read that film. their films don't really show an axe going to the head usually. So that was difficult. It was a mixture of special effects and props. Mm-hmm. Obviously not a real head. <laughs> good. They didn't actually kill him. That's yeah, good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That would suck. This axe is actually a real axe. This is your real head. <laughs> this is how we're going to do it. I think the biggest difference between the Silence of the Lambs and 
this film is that in the black phone, the FBI is specifically looking for Finney and trying to solve a case. Whereas in Silence of the Lambs, they're they're having a serial killer help them. Yeah, find another serial killer. Like they have. I've said it in this one. They're having uh, an actual psychic help them, and in <laughs> Silence of the Lambs, he's just like borderline psychic because he's so smart. Like I said in the last episode, that. Hannibal Lecter is actually the star of Silence of the Lambs, whereas I don't know. I mean, I would say Ethan Hawke is kind of the star of he's. Eh, Finney's definitely the star. He gets like most of the screen. But the grabber shines. Yeah. He's so shiny. Shiny. Do you want to give your scores then? Sure. Okay. Scary? I gave it an eight. I gave it a four. I think just because of the whole, like I've talked about, I think when it's a reality, that Mm -hmm. that's what could happen. And that's what the director or the writer and director said was that they wanted this to be like a child's yeah, worst fear, basically. And it's a child and a parent's worst fear, I'm sure. Yeah. So there's that. What about funny? I gave it a one. I gave it a one. Yeah. Not really. It had its moments. Right. It has like the this face. Yeah. Where he's like, I'll hit you in the face or whatever. Yeah. Next time I'll hit you in the face. And he's like, this face. You mean this face? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Ethan Hawke's kind of hamming it up a little bit. And then obviously James Ranson. Maybe it's a two. Yeah. Because James Ranson's pretty funny when he's like freaking out. And he's like, and, and we'll do or, this. And he's like, no, we'll do this. Like, you're not part of this. Or when That's his sister's funny. like pissed at Jesus and she starts yeah. like yelling Jesus, at him. what the fuck? Yeah. Like, that part's kind of funny. <laughs> okay. So it maybe maybe it's a little higher than a one. Yeah. But I didn't think about that until now. <laughs> what about if this, this moves on, we'll rescore it. If this moves on. <laughs> story i gave it an eight i gave it a nine yeah i thought thought it was good i I thought the story was pretty good again i think the story they rewrote was better than joe hills but you'll have to let me know if you read it you can find it online for free i probably won't but if i do then i'll i'll let you know i'm sure your sister will maybe amanda if you're listening read it and she might have already read it she's like a big or she at least used to be a big like stephen king fan yeah but this is joe hill it's not stephen king you know what I mean. <laughs> you know what I mean. What about effects? I give it an eight. I give it a seven. Because I thought they didn't make the boys look cheesy. Yeah. They yeah. made them actually look really good. I, I, There was not like an overabundance of CGI and stuff. I thought the mask, w- again, was cool. Yeah. And it all takes place pretty much. Most of it takes place in the one house, mm-hmm. except for what the outside world is doing while Finney is missing. Right. It all takes place inside the house, except for when it doesn't. that's usually how things work david (laughs) that's basically what you were saying (laughs) like it all takes place in the house except when they're with the police or with his sister i just meant majority (laughs) of the screen time i feel is like in the house yes you know you have these like little side scenes but like yeah most of it is focused there (laughs) yeah yes but yeah i thought it wasn't like there was no over-reliance on cgi that made it look cheesy and stupid The like acting. This, the scene with the kid where he's like hanging in the air upside I down. I didn't like that. It was creepy. That like, was creepy. Why did he have to hang like that? I don't know. And were all of their throats slit or just some of them? I, I you know, I did not pay attention to that. Uh, acting, I gave it an eight. I gave it a nine. Yeah. I so, thought it was. So what we're learning over the course of this is that I'm more cynical than you. No, that's not true. <laughs> I'm always like certain... a little bit less than you. No, because there are certain films that you like less than I do. Yeah, like all of these. I meant <laughs> there are certain films you like more than I do, like Blade Runner. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. But we didn't do ratings on those. Yeah. Well, my rating would have been like low. A, like a three. Yeah, probably. Yeah. A two for putting me to sleep. 
You can't base it off if it puts me to sleep, though, because everything puts right. me to sleep. This podcast is putting Rita yeah, to sleep. <laughs> recording this podcast right now is putting me to sleep, so can't really base it off of my sleep schedule. So I did my average, and then I did an average without the funny. Yeah. Did so what was the a- yeah? Okay. What was the average with the funny? Five point six. I got seven, and then without <laughs> the funny, I got an eight and a half. I got a six point seven five. Yeah. So I didn't actually change my. My ratings silence of the lambs. for silence of the lambs my so, silence of the lambs did not change at all so we can go through the ratings again but if you listen to the last episode you heard a lot about our ratings yeah so overall the final score without the comedy for silence of the lambs was 9.3 with the funny for me was 7.7 yeah and for funny or without the funny i had 9.5 and uh with the funny i had 7.8 are we surprised that silence of the lambs Knocked it out of the park for this movie. No, unfortunately, yeah. I feel like this thing's going to kind of clobber everything. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> it's like, uh, I was going to make a sports reference, like a boxing reference, but I don't, it's like Muhammad Ali going to like a high school game. Yeah. <laughs> high school match. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's and just kind of in a league of its own. Reggie actually did give me some insight into his Silence of the Lambs. Okay. He didn't really tell me, I think, which one he liked more, but. He said, what can you say about the silence of the lambs that hasn't been said? True. True. It's a master class intention with Hannibal only being in a few scenes, but stealing the show every single time. Every time he talks to Clarice, it makes it seem like he's in control, even though he's behind the glass. Buffalo Bill is a villain that is touted as one of the most memorable simply because of the scenes. When he walks around in the women's clothes, the puts the lotion on its skin scene. That's something that you can't take away that has been built into popular culture and it makes the movie that much more impactful when we're discussing horror and how horror lingers with you. Just a few of my thoughts. I hope the episode goes well. <laughs> uh, um, so based on his comments, I think he liked Silence of the Lambs more. But Yeah. I mean, even if he didn't, it'd still be two to one. Yeah. And we'll see where it goes. I mean, we're going to take we're going to table Silence of the Lambs for a while. It's yeah. going to take a little break. Yeah. Got an and off week. We're gonna review Oculus versus the Babadook. Yeah, which are two like <laughs> the, this might be a long episode. The, those two have a lot to talk about. I'll take a nap before we do that. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Make sure you sleep this week. Yeah. But write us an email. Let us know what you think. You know, I think we going into this, like I said, we knew what was gonna win, but yeah. But Black Phone came close. It was it closer was than good, I thought. Yeah. It was a good contender. It was the same with Sinister. It was closer than I thought it was going to be yeah. because I really thought that Silence of the Lambs was just going to clobber it. Yeah. But there's not much to say about the comparison of the two films when Silence of the Lambs is so much better. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Joe Hill. Yeah. I mean, not... That's not... a hill that your movie's dying on. <laughs> Nothing against the Black Phone. Like we both said, we both really like this movie. We'll probably watch it again at some point, maybe not for the podcast, but just in general, it's a very enjoyable movie. It's just Silence of the Lambs is just an all-time great. Yeah, it's so good. It's going to be, it's going to be really hard to... At least we don't have to worry about that for next week. Yeah. We just have to worry about Oculus versus... A lot to talk about. The Babadook, yeah. So. So we'll see you guys next time. Bye. Bye. Can I get a mimosa?